back to the Regents Pod. Woo! Here we are today. We have a very special guest, Simo. Well, lovely to be with you today. How are you? Hello. Yeah, I'm doing doing well. Good to good to be here with you guys. Yeah. Very exciting. We've got a lot lined up. Today. We do have a lot lined up. Would you like to give the audience a little taste of what's to come? Well, we're going to talk a lot about Regents and uh, what life is like at Regents currently. But also, we're going to get to know Simo uh, much better, which is very exciting. And and also lots of uh, fun topics to discuss later on so make sure you stay tuned what have you been up to recently what have I been up to recently um well this morning what have I been doing a few emails I've been editing a editing a book mm-hmm. I've had lunch with um with some colleagues and uh, and a master's student and um yeah that's kind of what we've been up to yeah, yeah. today um I guess the most recent development in my personal life is that actually I've, I'm working flexible hours now on Mondays and, and that's because my wife has just started a job so I'm looking after our two-year-old oh, very which is nice great too. so I've been busy swimming <laughs> on Monday yeah, yeah. this Monday and the Monday before and um, yeah I'm, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying it are you lecturing any modules at the moment yeah so um I'm not leading a module this block okay. but uh, tomorrow I'll be teaching on environmental ethics as part of the Christian ethics modules with the, oh, with, the with the third year so um, yeah so I guess I need to do some prep for that <laughs> later <laughs> later today as well is that a kind of particular passion that you have yeah I think it's something I've been I've been interested for for, for quite some time um, yeah I guess we, we cover that bit in Pentecostal theology module which mm-hmm. is a, a second year level five module so we look at some look at kind of Pentecostal eschatology and attitudes to ecology and the environment mm-hmm. and in some ways it's a kind of a continuation from that yeah, for the yeah. Christian ethics module we'll have that coming up soon won't we James yeah <laughs> exciting stuff yeah I'm looking yeah. forward to it actually it should be good mm. how, how does it um, I suppose differ particularly from the, the first year Christian doctrine um, <clears throat> module yeah so in, the, so in the Christian doctrine module I suppose you're kind of given an overview of traditional Christian theology or, or doctrine or dogma, you know, mm-hmm. from starting from revelation to God, Christology, pneumatologies, spirits, salvation, um, and so on and so, so forth, doctrine of humanity, creation, etc. But in Pentecostal theology, what we're more focused on is what have Pentecostals traditionally focused on when it comes to their theology and their practice. And I guess we're particularly looking at the concept of the full gospel. Mm-hmm. And I guess the full gospel has been understood in two ways among Pentecostals. One is the, the fourfold gospel. So Jesus is savior, healer, baptizer in the spirit and soon coming king. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of mm-hmm. the fourfold gospel. Even Foursquare gospel alliance would kind of buy into the fourfold gospel. And then there's a fivefold gospel, which adds Jesus a sanctifier. So Jesus okay. is savior, sanctifier, and then the rest of the list. So we'll be kind of looking at the particularly for the fourfold gospel as a lens of looking at what does it mean to say Jesus is Savior? How Pentecostals understood it? What are the implications for today? And we'll do the same with baptizer and the Holy Spirit healer and coming king as well. Yeah. And then also there's a good dose of kind of history as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and definitions of who are the Pentecostals. And for that particular module also, we kind of not just look at Pentecostal theology, but we do so a bit in dialogue with the natural sciences as well. Okay. So to kind of so when we look at how have Pentecostals done theology we'll look at things like, well, what are some of the sim- similarities with how science is done? Mm-hmm. When it comes to looking at Pentecostal th- theologies and practices of healing, we'll do so also in dialogue with, well, how, in, in, in the NHS or in medicine, what is healing, what is health, what is well-being? Yeah, yeah. And what are some of the similarities and differences? And then, as I already mentioned, when it comes to Jesus coming king, we'll look at, well, what does it have to do with the environment? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That is very exciting. Yeah, last year, last academic year, we had the Science Seminaries event as well, Yeah, um, which was good. Um, do you think that's obviously including science as well as our faith is a really, really good thing? Like, Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I guess the, the cliche is that we live in the scientific age. Mm. Um, yeah. And all of us, if we've been brought up in the West, uh, we've in a sense been traditioned in, in mm-hmm. into the scientific world and even having the, doing this podcast we're using <laughs> technology and everything that goes yeah. with that so i think science is, is part of our life and has, has 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 been you know ever ever since we've been around and i guess even be, of course before that as well and and it, and, it, and it continues to shape our worldview massively how we understand ourselves how we understand the world how we understand history and a lot of other things as as well so yeah i think it's it's very important for christians to mm-hmm 
to draw from the positives that science can can give us mm. and what we can learn from that uh, and also to see how that relates to our to our faith yeah. so for me very much science is a, is a friend not a foe mm-hmm. and something that you know christians should not feel threatened by mm. but actually celebrate as one of god's gifts to to humanity yeah that's good it sounds like this module is, might be one of your favorites do you, do you have a favorite module <laughs> yeah 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 no I, I think I'm I'm privileged that all the modules I'm involved with, I'm I'm interested and excited. That's good. So let me give you a kind of bit of a, a secret. Usually, when you start lecturing, or when you start in any kind of place, mm-hmm. you just do what you're told. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whether it's in a church, I suppose if you're a new pastor or youth pastor, they just kind of people will just tell you to do the things they don't want to do, yeah, and you'll yeah. have to do it. And it's a bit similar with lecture. When I started, I would lecture on all sorts of things. Mm. Some I was really interested and I knew something about. Others I wasn't particularly interested and I had to quickly learn about yeah, <laughs> to yeah, be yeah. able to lecture. Yeah. But, um, but I think I'm in the privileged position now that I think what I do teach, what I'm engaged in, I am genuinely <laughs> interested in yeah. and also um, have done some <laughs> prior research mm-hmm. and perhaps even you know, some publishing. Or, Very cool. How long have you been lecturing? Ooh, so I've been lecturing since 2009. Okay. So I, I actually came straight off. I did my d- degree at Regents mm-hmm. and I did my master's. And then at that point, um, I wasn't actually, I never anticipated being a lecturer. Uh, I think when I was a teenager, I sensed a, a call into kind of church-based ministry. Mm-hmm. And I always assumed that would be as a pastor, youth pastor, maybe a missionary. Uh, so then I, when I came to Regents to study, it wasn't really on the cards of, of becoming a lecturer. But then, um, you know, as I got into academic theology, and even when I was doing my master's, the plan was to go do church planting in the Northeast with a group, yeah. of, with a group of actually, well, peers from, from the college. But then the person who used to head up the youth ministry track, <coughs> Mark Pugh, he approached me and said, hey, would I want to help him out on the youth ministry course? And it came out of the blue. I wasn't, I hadn't put my, I hadn't make, made any hints or suggestions. Yeah. That's what I want yeah. to do. But he approached me and it felt right in God to do so. And that's yeah. how I ended up here and I've, obviously moved on from the not moved on in the sense of doing greater things now but i've done various roles mm. at regions since and um yeah obviously now being the dean of research here as well yeah and how does being the dean of research kind of like pan out like day to day what what does that kind of mean what's that role yeah yeah so in our regions we have kind of a number of if you like aims and, and passions and um and i guess goals that we hope to achieve and and one of our kind of strategic aims is to kind of um, have a greater reach and also really kind of develop our own voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess in my role as Dean of Research, it's particularly th- those two things that I've been asked to kind of try to try to champion. So I guess by reach, what we mean is that how can we reach out to, to more people in terms of the training we provide, but also not just within a, a traditional educational context, but kind of seeing, well, how can theology make a difference? not just in the church but maybe in the yeah, academy yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just in theological academy but broader than that and also in wider society mm-hmm. uh, i'm not suggesting that we are kind of <laughs> having a huge impact but i guess we're hoping to have a, have a broader reach mm-hmm. and then in terms of voice i guess is to develop so the kind of the, the almost cliches i i use you know which i've stolen from somewhere you know, it's, we don't just want to be reading the books. We want to be writing some of the books. Mm-hmm. We don't just want to be listening into the conversation that other people are having and then making notes. But actually, we want to actively contribute to that conversation. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and that applies in the life of the church, in the academy and wider society as well. That's really good. Yeah. You mentioned being a previous student as well. And we had yeah. Jenny Kimball on the podcast and she was mm-hmm. talking about being a previous student mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And how that has sort of influenced her teaching. So I suppose... How has that influenced your teaching? Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, uh, I guess so much of what we learn in life is is from people that we've kind of looked up to or who modeled something to us, mm-hmm. I suppose, both in the good and the bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess as, as having studied here, so I guess if I was taught in a particular way and I thought that was a, a useful way mm-hmm. to do it and helpful to me to learn, I guess I've tried to maybe model that or mm-hmm. replicate that. And equally, if there were times where I thought, oh, uh, I'm a bit disappointed we didn't cover this particular issue in this right. module. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
then I might introduce yeah. that in my module. So I guess both what you found helpful or what I found helpful, I've kind of tried to take that on board. And then also, I guess, what I didn't think was as useful as it could have been. Mm -hmm. I'll try to then ameliorate that or, yeah. or, modi um, or modify that. Well, so far, it's really helpful for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, but yeah. equally, you know, if, if you were ever doing a, a job like this, you might say, well, that was really helpful what Simo did there, but I wish he would have done that. And then the process <laughs> continues, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. When we have um, lecturers on the podcast, it's always fun to, to ask the question of um, how do you see what a campus life is like mm. here at Regents? Because obviously we're here, you know, 24 seven, mm. but yeah. you, you come in for work and mm. then mm. you just go home. But yeah. actually we stay here all the time. Mm. But <clears throat> how do you think that the, uh, the campus life looks and works like from, yeah. from a lecturer's perspective? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, again, my, my lens will be influenced by my own experience as a campus student. Yeah. You know, first three years um, as an undergrad and then one year as a, as a married ma uh, master student, you know, so as a kind of, you know, newly married with my wife, sharing a, <laughs> sharing a kind of a, we had one room and then there were three other couples and we shared a kitchen and, and, and yeah, a yeah. bathroom and a toilet, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I guess, it's, I guess it's through that lens. I mean, one of the things you asked, you know, what is it, um, what does it mean to be the dean of research? One of the things that I think I miss in being the dean of research, where my focus is more now obviously on the research side of things and working with PhD students and, and developing that side of things as, you know, as part of the reach and, and kind of voice. And also before that, when I was the academic uh, dean for the undergraduate programs, is that I think whenever I became a dean, I felt uh, that I did not longer have the same kind of personal connection with a lot of students. But before that, I was on the youth ministry track and I used to kind of lead three tutor groups and, mm -hmm. you know, very close to students and, mm -hmm. and stuff. So I guess I felt like I had a lot more know-how, you know, what yeah. was going on, on on campus. But what do I think, what's happening now? Well, it seems to me that students are students, you know, mm -hmm. okay. um, you know, they, they learn as much, if not more, by living together. Um, sharing meals, having conversations, sometimes late into the <laughs> into the night, yeah, yeah. Uh, playing football, you mm. know, going out, um, you know, doing youth clubs together, going to church, praying together, you know, worshiping together, and and that's just a, a huge part of learning, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think for me, uh, it seems to me that campus life is 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 is, is going well. Yes, mm. I, I hear rumors that there's always some issue with <laughs> someone being too loud in the night or this and that um and yeah i think that's unfortunately sometimes living together we have to yeah, yeah. you know we all have different patterns and when we get up when we go to bed different levels of what is acceptable noise and not that is true so but yeah but i think my sense is that people here are mature and they're able to have those conversations yeah, 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 yeah. And, and work through the issues yeah absolutely no it's good and i think it's funny that it will change every single year yeah. yeah. because even though I'm here for three years, we're here for three years, the people mm -hmm. that we're with will change every year. Yeah. So it's quite funny to see the difference. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, when I was a student, there were a few pranksters. Oh yeah. And I know in previous years, there've been a few pranks, but I've not really heard any pranks. Do people still do pranks as yeah, students? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. they do. <laughs> yeah. James and I did one. Didn't we? <laughs> we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, um, mm -hmm. Well, Nathan, who is actually on the podcast, yeah, not too long ago, you know Nathan. Mm, of course, yeah. We um, we wrapped up his room in wrapping paper. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, it was tasteful, and yeah. he took it well, which we knew he would. Uh -huh. It was um, a surprise, so wasn't it? For yeah, him to yeah, unwrap. Yeah. yeah, it was right. Unwrapped <laughs> <laughs> yeah. after his trip home. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. He's, he's, you see, that's the kind of those kind of stories I no longer hear. Yeah. You know, whereas <laughs> I guess when I was yeah, a few years back, I would have been more more familiar with with my ear to the ground more. No, it is fun. It was fun. Yeah. Mm. Good. Well, James, I think it might be time for our one and only segment. <coughs> listen Perfect. to us. Listen to us. <laughs> so if you're new and watching, Listen Twist is a segment where we ask our guest to list something from a topic, so top three, from their favourite foods, and then we'll throw in a twist. Um, and so for Simo, your list, your topic, mm -hmm. is to name your top three holiday destinations. Ooh. Holy destinations that I've been to or I would like to go to. Ooh. It could be any. That's any. the twist. We'll no. <laughs> <laughs> any. Yeah, any. Okay. Um, 
well let me let me start with um one where i've not been to but i would love to go is is machu picchu in peru oh yeah yes i think that would be that would be something i would like to to go um um the next two are a bit boring actually as part of my three not well no that's unfair they're not boring they're actually very exciting but there's a kind of a ulterior ulterior motive while I'm, sure, i've gone okay. from them uh and one of them is um is toronto in canada oh, yeah. my sister lives there and i've not visited her family oh, wow. so that yeah, would be kind of like the, two birds with one, uh, one stone mm. which is a, a dreadful uh, <laughs> saying uh, <laughs> and then um the other would be would be again I've, I've always wanted to visit anyway but mm. there's another motive to go there so it would be ethiopia because my my brother's family have okay. uh, spent a lot of time there and, yeah, and yeah. lived there so that's exciting well wow. yeah. the twist is now that these destinations that you've chosen mm. you have to choose one to permanently live there mm. where would you like okay to wow. always live to always mm. live yeah well this is very risky because i've not been to any of these three destinations yeah, that's true so I should have played it safer and, <laughs> and gone for um, the three options where I've actually been. Ah, uh, I would probably, I'd probably go to Toronto actually. Yeah. Uh, not least because there's some good theological schools there. <laughs> so maybe I could um, yeah, yeah, yeah. connect with some of them. That's yeah. exciting. Very cool. Very good. They were good choices. I think. They were good choices. Yeah. Sounds yeah. quite exciting. We can get a Machu Picchu. True. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to live up there on the. No, yeah, that <laughs> you know, for, for good. <laughs> it might not be ideal. Yeah, yeah. somewhere around Peru. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, that would yeah. be great. Oh wow, very exciting. Mm. So now we're going to kind of move on to maybe the the main chunk of what the podcast is, mm-hmm. kind of just getting to know you and, mm. and get to know a little bit about your testimony, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. not just the 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 testimony side of you know, maybe the Jesus story, but mm. also just anything about who you are and, mm. and what you'd like to share with us and mm. just getting to know you really sure so that'd be brilliant yeah yeah well um i was born in finland um to finnish parents um and then um when i was just under two so when i was one i moved to tanzania so if you like in my life story to to date mm-hmm. um, i often kind of say well i spent my childhood really in tanzania mm-hmm. until i was 14 and then I spent my adolescent, uh, teenage years in Finland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then pretty much all my adult life I've been in the UK. Okay. So I was twenty when I moved to the UK, and I've been here ever since. Wow. So I guess that's kind of the the background. So kind of three three countries, three cultures, three contexts, and that kind of has shaped wh- who I am in, in in many ways. So I kind of refer to myself as an Anglo Finn <laughs> now, because those would be the kind of the two, and, and with a kind of a a Tanzanian mm-hmm. Swahili kind of, you know, mm-hmm. accent or, or background as, as well. Uh, I was born in, to a Christian home. So actually my parents were missionaries in, as I mentioned, you know, or they were, as we moved to Tanzania, they, they became Pente- Pentecostal missionaries. Mm-hmm. So I think faith always was part of my upbringing, you know, um, whenever I can remember going to church services, mm-hmm. you know, planting churches well not me personally but yeah, with, with yeah. my parents being being part of that you know visiting different places and you know times of prayer bible study at, at home and i guess the, the reality and the presence of god um being just something that, that you almost take for granted you, you, you mm-hmm. grow up you grow up with but i think for me it must have been maybe when i was five or so there was a sense as a child i think and i've had conversations with my mom about this because obviously she, she was an adult and listening to my kind of concerns around that time i was i was, I was afraid of death really as a child mm-hmm. and that kind of led me to the place where i kind of wanted to give my life to jesus so i've been quite a quite a young age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i know it's not the same for everyone um, but for me it was almost that kind of a decision at quite a young age yeah. and then when i was um 13 uh, i got baptized in water i wanted to make the decision I was actually in, in, in Mombasa, the Indian Ocean, as part of a wow. Finnish Pentecostal missions kind of gathering. Yeah, not, a, not a bad place to gather for missionaries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then, I said, as I said, when I was 14, we moved back to Finland. Um, but I, I think, I, and it sounds quite ironic even after baptism, I think faith was always important, but it wasn't necessarily the only kind of driving force 
in my life. But I think when I was maybe 15, 16, there was almost a kind of sense that, you know, if I, if I really want to believe in Jesus, if I want to follow him, then I really want to do that. Yeah. I don't want God to be a part of my life. I want God to be my life mm-hmm. and everything else to kind of revolve around that and what I feel and sense that God is asking me to do. So that would have been around that 15, 16, uh, wow, yeah. you know, age. And I think at that point I, I started to take my faith a lot more seriously. Uh, and um, yeah, at that point I was, I was very into, into, into football, you know, sports and then music, playing the guitar and stuff. And, and, I, and, I, and I did both those things. But then as time went on, you know, and maybe those days it was it's more the case, you know, you know, I was in running a cell group, you know, at our house every week, going to prayer meetings, mm-hmm. being part of the youth team, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, helping out on Sunday. My dad was, my parents were planting another church in the city where we were living. So I was helping out with that. But I just felt that I didn't have time to continue playing football yeah, anymore yeah. or going to, you know, practice trainings, you know, four or five times a week. And, you know, it was just, it was just too much. So I kind of gave, gave that up. Um, and, uh, and then I guess I would have been around maybe 16 when, experience of kind of what Pentecostals call baptism in the spirit mm-hmm. kind of with with speaking in tongues it was actually again you know it was something I've been seeking for 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 some time and then been a lot of disappointment yeah. you know along the way in terms of what I say why, why why does it feel like it's not happening to me yeah and I know a lot of people who kind of grow up in a classical Pentecostal tradition would maybe have similar kind of experiences but it actually happened quite quietly at our at our home in a prayer meeting actually it was a <laughs> It was a Ukrainian doctor who prayed for me. Wow. And then, you know, I started speaking in tongues. And, and again, those kind of experiences would have been quite, quite important. And, and there would have been one or two other kind of similar type of spiritual experiences that, you know, would have been quite, yeah, transformative in, in many ways yeah. for me. And, and um, yeah, and then around that time, you know, I, I, I sensed a, a call to, going to some form of, of church ministry mm-hmm. and as I mentioned earlier at that point in my repertoire of possibilities of what that could look like well it was mm-hmm. youth pastor pastor or missionary <laughs> you know so those were yeah. kind of the the options that if you want to serve God it's it's got to be one of those which obviously now I can see that there's so many ways you can serve God mm-hmm. but I guess in at that point I just mm-hmm. that's what I knew maybe what I've been thought taught maybe not explicitly but implicitly yeah, yeah. Uh, so then I thought well I want to get trained mm-hmm. so um, I started looking at theological colleges actually my youth pastor had studied at Regents oh, wow. so that was the kind of the connection yeah. that yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he yeah. said it's it's a decent place <laughs> yeah, it's alright <laughs> so you might as well go there and okay. because I'd grown up uh, abroad I wanted to after I'd done my school then I did my national service military service in Finland I wanted to go study abroad Wow. and studying English as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's how I ended up coming wow. coming here how did you find the um, I mean the military service is mm. that like a, an obligatory kind of yeah yeah so in, so in Finland military service national service is if you're a man it's obligatory mm-hmm. yeah. so you have to do you can opt for what we call kind of civil service sure. where you kind of work for a year in a sense for free or as a kind of as a volunteer mm-hmm. except you're not a volunteer because you have to do <laughs> you have to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. in a hospital or in a school sure. or some, some kind of public service but i guess most men w- would do the national military service mm-hmm. so yeah I, you know I, I did it for a year i was in the, in the reconnaissance so i spent a lot of time in the forest you know wow, yeah. kind of engaged in doing reconnaissance things and sure. training in guerrilla warfare wow. and, and stuff like that. I mean, thankfully, in, in Finland, it's it's called the Defense Forces. Okay. So it's not a... Obviously, Finland has now joined NATO recently. But always the idea is that it's just there to defend the country. So we're not sure. engaged in any overseas right. military ac- activities. Yeah. Mm. So that kind of made it, as a Christian, made it easier for me to join. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the, you the could, military. couldn't have been very old then. No, so I, I, I would have been 19. Well, yeah, 19 yeah. when I joined, yeah. Wow. And just, just for one year, mm-hmm. uh, so I did that. Yeah, it was, it was a good good experience. I've never been so cold. I've never been so hungry. <laughs> I've never been so dirty. Wow. I've never been so tired wow. <laughs> in, in my life. Mm-hmm. 
but I mean, there's a real camaraderie with, with different people, you know, yeah, you get sure. to meet. And even as a Christian in that environment, uh, I think it's, it's great. You mm -hmm. know, you get to, well, you have to live as a witness because you're sharing a room with 10 other guys, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of 24 seven, yeah, yeah. you're in that kind of a small tent, you know, with another 10 guys or mm -hmm. sometimes even more <laughs> if it's a bigger tent yeah. and you just, you just live out, you know, yeah, who yeah. you are. For year. Yeah, for a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do get some holidays. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's most, I think probably most people who've done it would say, it's good, but I'm glad it was over. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's a joke in Finland. You, you would ask someone, how many days left? And usually they'll be able to tell you immediately. Wow. 54. <laughs> or 110. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you kind of Calm count, down. you kind of count down how many, how many days you've got left. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Hopefully it's not the same at that college. That rages. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say that sort of helped shape your outlook on life as a, more widely um, through that experience? Yeah. I think just basic things like discipline. Um, mm -hmm you know, really important. Um, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I've always been, even as a child, I've always been quite a, a person of routines and not that I've always been disciplined, but I've, mm -hmm. I've liked structure and I've been organized. And mm. so my brother would, my older brother would joke that even when I was a, as a child, I would tell my parents, wake me up at um, 6.23. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always been that kind of, you know. Yeah. So I guess for me, maybe have you know being wired up in that way i think even the military kind of worked for me i know for a lot of people it doesn't i know some some good friends who just hated it you know because yeah. that's just it's just not them mm -hmm. so i do appreciate that it's a bit of nurture and nature for me yeah. you know so obviously so maybe reinforce things that were already there mm -hmm. but or maybe develop some new things like mm -hmm. that were and yeah. so how has the um, kind of experience almost of that, that military, um, I guess that, that military experience kind of helped shape your theology maybe. Has it changed mm. the way that you look upon certain subjects or, mm. or topics? Yeah, well, I think two things, I guess, I guess the whole concept of should Christians pick up a, a weapon in the first place? Mm -hmm. So the whole concept of, you know, just war, is there such a thing as a just war sure. or pacifism? Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess that was, I mean, that was a debate I had before I, before I went, you know, internally and in conversation with other people, just kind of wrestling through that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting in Finnish Pentecostalism, my parents' generation, most men would have not done the national service because they were pacifists. Mm -hmm. And that was a strong Pentecostal ethos. Whereas in my generation, that actually changed and, sh and shifted. So actually most of my generation of, of Pentecostals would have, would have done the, the national mm. service. So, so I mean, I mean, we, we could spend a lot of time discussing why, why the change, but I guess for me personally, I mean, that was something I had to think about mm -hmm. as a Christian. Is it ever okay for me to pick up a weapon mm -hmm. and potentially kill someone? Mm. You know, I, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dreadful idea yeah, yeah. to even think about, but I guess when you, do something like that, you have to be prepared to do it. I mean, thankfully I wasn't in, involved in any ac active combat. So I never had to make the real <laughs> decision, but, yeah. but obviously it's something you need to be ready to, to, mm. to do. So I think that, that was one thing. I mean, I suppose in terms of other aspects of theology, of course, in, in the Bible, you have a lot of kind of military type metaphors, you know, Paul would use them as a, as a good soldier of Christ and this mm. and that. So I guess it would kind of, It would kind of feed into and, and help you to see th things in a new light in, in light of that yeah i guess the whole concept of doing something together mm -hmm. you know the kind of saying where you know a war doesn't need one soldier or one person you know it's it's the bigger picture so i guess that kind of aspect would it would have shaped my outlook maybe on life and faith yeah. and theology as 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 well um yeah i guess those would be some of the yeah of the some of the things that would 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 come to mind mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting i mean it's obviously such a big subject as well mm. just um trying to think that through and obviously looking at what the bible says it's really important yeah yeah the way that we can shape our thinking yeah but i mean the other thing 
I was just preaching at devotions yesterday about, you know, are we thirsty for Jesus? Yeah, yeah. And actually, I think when I was preparing that, that, that talk, I was reminded that when I was doing my national service, and when I was, in a sense, 24 hours with non-Christians, mainly, there was one or two other, other Christians, you know, you'd have, I started a kind of a, an alpha course, and you <laughs> had to have like a Bible study and that kind of yeah. stuff. But I remember then when I was on a weekend holiday and I would go to church, I was just so hungry yeah. to receive mm-hmm. things. And the sermon may have not been particularly good or inspiring, but for me, it was brilliant because I was just so hungry that whatever I was fed <laughs> I would just eat it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the worship may have been not been the, the most polished and you know in terms of the sun worship but for me it was great because mm. I was just I had a chance to worship with the people of God yeah. and I've often looked back at that and when I've been obviously certainly in that at the moment when I'm in a kind of a, a Christian environment sometimes I think there is a danger that we can just become saturated almost too full yeah. with what we have and therefore we can become overly critical or mm-hmm. Definitely. yeah so i think for me that's always been a good reminder that that actually when you're really out there mm-hmm. <laughs> doing yeah. stuff then when you when you come into the church and gather with the people of god mm-hmm. and you come hungry it's a very different experience yeah than if you come when you're kind of full and satisfied and oh okay well I wonder what the preacher is going to be sharing today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you almost come through the eyes of skepticism. Yeah, and I think that's really great. I really enjoyed your talk mm. with yesterday, wasn't it? To be honest, but yeah, it's really good. I think it's really important, especially on a like you say, a site like Regents, where mm. we're surrounded by this this Christian community all the time, mm. studying theology all the time, and then just making sure that even in in terms of applying it when we leave Regents, yeah, and it, you know if some of us are going to go into uh, you know, serving in a church or mm. that kind of ministry mm. aspect of, of being in church, making sure that you know, we've got to stay thirsty no matter yeah. if, if we're surrounded by it all the time. Yeah. And it's quite, I like the way that you're comparing these two things because mm. you know, one day you're in the forest mm-hmm. with all of these non-Christians mm. and, and you come into the Christian environment. But actually for us right now, yeah. in three years, it could be the opposite. Yeah. Right? constantly yeah. in this christian environment and then one day we might leave and, and yeah we're going to go out but actually it's keeping it it's the yeah. same principle of of staying hungry and thirsty for jesus that we've got to keep consistent yeah absolutely yeah and i think like in this environment uh, at a kind of a theological college or, or if you're in a kind of a, a christian institution you know or a charity or church or whatever yeah. i mean i've never really bought into the idea where people say well this is not a real environment yeah well, of course it's a real environment because yeah. that would suggest that in the life to come the new heavens the new earth that's not that's not going to be a real environment because it's just followers <laughs> yeah. of christ well, yeah, yeah. you know it, it, it doesn't necessarily yeah. follow. okay it might not be a, a typical environment mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's still a real environment yeah. you know and i think it's but it's just making the most of that mm-hmm. and also appreciating that it's not probably going to last forever like you say if you're here for one year two year three years well, someone like myself who's <laughs> been a lot longer. Yeah. Actually, it's making the most of of that, yeah. those opportunities that you do have, and keeping that hunger, keeping that thirst for 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 Christ, for the things of God. Um, but also at the same time acknowledging that there's blind spots and and particular challenges in being in this environment that you may not have in another environment. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing my national service, I had particular challenges there. Mm-hmm. and particular positives and benefits when i'm in this environment i've got yeah. particular challenges and, and others are positives yeah. so it's not necessarily the one is better than the other they're just different and it's just being yeah. appreciative of of that yeah mm-hmm. i think i don't know if you'd agree mm-hmm. but in our in our podcasts with uh, especially last year with our third year students mm-hmm. who, were on, who were about to leave i think mm-hmm. a lot of the we asked them what advice would you give yeah for a new student coming to regents and then I think a lot of them were along similar lines of, look, this is a really special time. Mm. It's, like, it's, a, it's a privilege that we get mm. to do this. And like you say, make sure that you're just keeping, that you're mm. being intentional about, about yeah. being thirsty. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think Regents in general is really good at doing this, but training us and building us up for mm. when we do leave. Mm-hmm. And so we can go into those environments having this experience and saying, 
okay, this is what we need to do. Yeah. Um, and trying to, in a way, transform that. Yeah. So yeah, it's very good. Yeah. And I'm starting to sound like an old man, but I think also when, <laughs> I guess, I, kind of your age, you're, in a sense, you're setting habits and things in place in your life that to some extent will, if not determine, hugely influence the trajectory of your life for the next however many, however many years or we don't know how many years we have mm. but let's say you know if you live until you're 70 80 you know for the next mm -hmm. 40 50 60 yeah, years yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and and i think it's really important to set the foundations right and strong mm. and good because mm -hmm. um yeah because they they will they will carry you through mm -hmm. in, into yeah. the future yeah definitely mm. yeah. i think i heard i don't know who it was one of the lecturers <laughs> they were saying um, how you know the the disciplines and the the mm. kind of foundation that we we should start now. Mm -hmm. They don't just suddenly magically appear yeah. by the time that you start working in a church. Yes, yes. But actually, the the things that you are going to need when you are doing that mm. are, the, are the disciplines that you're setting mm -hmm. whilst whilst you're here. So, mm -hmm. And I think it's definitely important that you do that. Mm. I would agree. I suppose speaking of the future, um, we only have a year and a half left, <laughs> and so we are halfway through our journey. Wow! And yeah. I think, yeah, we've learned a lot, and there's still so much more to learn, mm -hmm. and that's a really exciting prospect, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose in terms of us having lots to learn, mm -hmm. I know you know you will have already learned. <laughs> oh, I've got lots to learn as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to ask, um, mm. kind of over the the years of your of your study mm -hmm. and, and looking at things, what's been maybe one of the one of the the challenges that you faced in in like a particular topic of trying to grasp that, or mm. a, a particular topic that you've you've felt challenged in in learning? If you know what I mean, has there been? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the learning process, whatever the learning, but I think particularly in theology, when you're dealing with foundational and fundamental things, not just about things that you know about, mm. but actually about beliefs and concepts that really go to the heart of who you are <laughs> as a person, into your identity and into your worldview. I think in, engaged in that kind of learning, um, can often be quite disorientating yeah. in, in many ways because if you've always believed this and you've tried to live your life accordingly then if all of a sudden if that's challenged yeah. then it's not just that there's now a new idea but actually it shapes how you think you should live your life mm -hmm. and yeah. even who you are as a as a person mm -hmm. so i suppose that's more kind of a, a general kind of a concept that I do think that's why I think we should all beware studying theology yeah mm. but at the same time we're called to love God with all of our minds so we cannot but <laughs> study mm. theology in yeah. a sense I know not everyone will come to an academic environment to do that but I th but I think we should you know in a sense approach it with fear and trembling mm -hmm. in some ways because yeah it, it can be scary yeah. but at the same time for us to be transformed, um, I guess there has to be an element of disorientation, you know, sure. a, a kind of a, a change in our perspective and views. Because mm -hmm. if that doesn't happen, then we never grow, we never, we never change, yeah, yeah. We, we actually never learn. So I think that, I guess as, as a kind of a, a background, I think for me in terms of particular issues, um, yeah, there, there've been, I suppose, the sense of mystery, I suppose, mm -hmm. mystery in relation to God that, you know, in, in October, uh, sorry, at the beginning of September, I was at a, at a, a kind of a, a, a science type conference for, for Christian leaders at uh, Durham. And we were looking at black holes and dark matter and dark energy. And for a lot of that kind of stuff, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, you're like, wow, this is amazing. 
But then if you think about it as Christian, we believe that God has created all of that stuff. Mm. Those are still creative things. Mm -hmm. And if we are trying to, if it kind of blows our mind almost to try to come to grips with dark energy and dark matter, and now we're starting to learn more and more about them and black holes. But if that's really hard, how much more is it to, to come to know the God who's actually created all of these things yeah, yeah. and who holds the universe together by the word of his, his power? So I guess that's that kind of element of mysteries. I think probably when I, when I came to college, in some ways, maybe I had more neat and clear cut mm -hmm. ways. This is what it is. This is how this works. Mm. And there's that kind of sense that as, as you kind of, I mean, it's the cliche, the more you know, the more you realize how little you know. Yeah. So I think that, but I think, I guess it's learning to be comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Learning to be comfortable with that. And I would say for me, you know, I say to students, you know, there's some, some, some Christian beliefs that are written in, in blood. There are some that are written in ink, mm -hmm. some written in pencil, um, yeah, yeah. and maybe some written on, on the sand, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I guess it's just knowing what are the, what are the real <clears throat> foundational and fundamental things and what, sure. and what are the more peripheral things. So I think probably for me, maybe some of the things that would have been, what, what I thought were really important, mm -hmm. maybe are less important now. Yeah. But equally what I think, actually, this is really important. And I can appreciate that it is really important, you know, yeah, yeah, more yeah. so than that than before. Yeah. I think probably for me when I was not maybe not so much when I was a student, but I think after a few years of, of working here, there was almost kind of more when I went through a, a stage of a bit of doubting one or two things about, about about my faith. And I guess that was quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. But actually, it was also really helpful mm -hmm. in terms of maturing and, and growing my faith and appreciating that. If, if we do have doubts or, or things that the best thing is to not to run away from them, but to almost doubt our doubts yeah. or to kind of pursue and keep, keep searching, you know, for the truth, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and kind of, yeah. And then as, as, as a Christian theologian, you, you'd expect me to say this, but you know, if I follow Jesus who claims to be the, the way, truth and the life at the end of the day, if he is, that's who he claims he is. Then as we keep searching for the truth, Truth, mm, yeah. truth will be found. Yeah, yeah. That's very good. I think we actually it's been a little bit of a theme on the last couple of podcasts, hasn't it? Mm. Of me just being confused recently. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been talking about. Because um, James and I have been in the Torah module. Yeah. Mm. Looking at all all things in the Torah, and mm. I think Genesis has been mm. been really mm -hmm. really tricky for me recently, but not in the sense of like. <coughs> <clears throat> that like you say I have questions and then when I try to search for the answers to those questions I end up with more questions mm. but actually in a sense it's still rewarding yeah it's not it's not like I feel <clears throat> at a loss of having more questions mm. but actually I feel I feel rewarded in the fact that the more that I keep looking the bigger my image of God is in my yeah. head, yeah. and I think even if that if that's all that this exercise does for me mm. is just simply give me a bigger picture of who God is, mm. then I'm you know I'm getting one step closer to kind of understanding just how big God is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think there's so many different things that I'll never understand, but like you say, just coming to be comfortable with that. Yeah, is yeah. Nice. And I think on that, so to use the kind of the, the, the genesis kind of, which often, you know, Christians, you kind of, and particularly, you know, particularly if you take, a, you know, you read the text carefully in its kind of original kind of context or try to do that as much as possible. And then if you bring it into dialogue with contemporary science and yeah. and all of that and the kind of complexities that that kind of creates. So I think for me, to, to refer back to what I said earlier about some things while studying theology, you realize what you think is really important mm -hmm. and then what you, th what you think are the, the yeah. peripheral things. So probably before I came to college, I would have had a more firm views about this is how God must have done it. Mm -hmm. Creation, mm -hmm. you know, this is how it was. Whereas now, um, I would say, well, actually what's really important in the, in the text is that God is creative. Yeah. Uh, God has created the world and the world is good, very good. God has created humanity in God's image to be in relationship with God and to essentially do 
fulfill God's purposes in creation, which means, among other things, looking after creation. And then in Genesis 3, there's the fall narrative mm -hmm, yeah. where humans disobey God and something goes terribly wrong. Now, for me, those are kind of really important biblical principles yeah. that I think, as far as I'm concerned, those are you know <laughs> written in, in ink, if not in blood, in, in many ways as a, as a Christian. But then how all that happened, well, for me, that's secondary. Mm -hmm. Whereas I suppose maybe before I, I may have been less clear about what's really important for me in, 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 yeah, in the Genesis yeah. narrative. And I would have maybe made some of the things that I would now call secondary issues as kind of primary mm -hmm. issues. And I guess theology has helped me to, to clarify that yeah. personally. Yeah. That's a really good instruction. Shall use <laughs> <laughs> I just remember sitting next to you when you're asking all the questions. I'm just, I'm laughing to be honest. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's an entertaining thing, but at the same time, I'm going, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Like what you're asking me. Mm. I mean, coming out of those lectures, I was really excited to go into it more and look into it more because I think there's so much depth here that yeah. I like and I'm excited for. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good, edifying as well. Mm. 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 Yeah. Well, I suppose as we start to look ahead mm -hmm. of, um, of what's to come, uh, if we stick along the, the theme of, of these big topics, is there anything that you're that you're looking forward to to learning or or any sort of <laughs> is there something that you've uh, been thinking about <coughs> recently that you would love to get to know more of? Mm. Wow, so many things I would love to <laughs> get to know more of. So I suppose um, in terms of the the more kind of recent type of research projects I've been involved with, uh, I guess, you know, involved in kind of Anglican Pentecostal ecumenical dialogue. And I guess when you're dialoguing with another Christian tradition, there's just so much that you keep learning mm -hmm. about them, but also about your own tradition. Mm -hmm. um, I know this is kind of Christian ecumenical dialogue, but there was a guy called Ninian Smart who was uh, more of a kind of a, a religious studies kind of a, a, a figure and did a lot of studies or books on worldview etc and I think he had a saying about just knowing one religion he said if you know one you know none yeah. his point being that until you start looking at other worldviews you can only really start appreciating your own and I find that with even with ecumenical dialogue it's actually not just about learning from others which I think is so valuable but when you're in dialogue you actually learn a lot of things about your own heritage and your own mm -hmm. Christian tradition so I think that's something I'm I'm, I'm continuing to, to engage engage with um i guess the whole science and and, and christianity or science and pentecostalism so we've had the science for seminaries which we've done here at the college and we hope to bring out we're just in, in the editing process we had the conference in last october on science wonders and miracles and we're hoping to yeah. bring a book out of that so currently in the yeah, editing yeah. process of that so that's kind of something i, I want to continue yeah. learning um as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm currently working on, a, on editing a book on Pentecostal public theology in Europe with a, with a colleague from London School of Theology, um, Professor Mark Cartledge. So that's something, you know, in terms of Pentecostal public theology, I'm hoping to kind of continue yeah. learn it and develop. But I think for me, probably the, the next thing that I would really want to spend some really dedicated time on is that in my, in my PhD research, I focus quite a lot on Pentecostal theory of knowledge, so Pentecostal epistemology, Pentecostal rationality, how do Pentecostals justify their beliefs? Mm. Uh, what do they believe, you know? Um, how do they formulate their doctrines and, and perspectives? So more kind of like philosophical type theology. And I guess what I'm really interested in is in this whole concept of, if you like, Pentecostal philosophy or Pentecostal philosophy of religion. So asking some of the fundamental questions, not just about God, although that's obviously part of it, but uh, about life from a kind of a Pentecostal perspective. So that's probably would be one of the, the bigger next research projects that I think I would want to give a bit more dedicated time sure. time to. Oh, very cool. Mm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Big topic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what we what we do with every guest on the Regent's mm -hmm. Point is we we tend to ask what the what the Bible verse is that's really speaking to them at the moment or mm. their all time favorite Bible verse. Mm. Um, do you have one? What would be what would be your go to Bible verse? Hmm. 
Wow, that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah, it's probably at different times you've got different Bible verses that that would kind of be be speaking to you. Obviously, having just preached this, we mentioned yesterday about being thirsty for Jesus. I guess that's something I've been reflecting a lot on recently. So I guess you know Matthew five three, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom mm. of of heaven. But I guess also kind of I guess continuing on the Beatitudes theme, uh, you know Matthew five eight, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see mm. God. And I think that's particularly you know, I find challenging for my, in my own life, but also, I guess, in my interest in kind of theological epistemology mm. in terms mm. of theory of knowledge, how can we come to know God? That is not just coming to know God through our mental capabilities, but our, our ability to know and understand God is also influenced by, if you like, how we live our lives mm-hmm. and who we are as people, you know. Jesus didn't say, blessed are the, the smart or the intelligent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but blessed are the pure in heart, mm-hmm. for they shall see mm-hmm. God. So yes, I guess that's kind of probably what I'm thinking on at, yeah. Yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a verse that you know, we can continually try and reach for, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is good. Mm. Mm. Great. Well, to close off the podcast, I'll pray and then I'll hand over to you to wrap things yeah. up. So, yeah. Father, thank you for Sima. Mm. Thank you for that you've allowed him to take out time of his day to come and join us. And he's been a great, great blessing to us on the podcast today. And Father, I thank you that we're always learning. We're always mm. finding out new things. And although we have all these big questions that come to our minds and we really need to seek that clarity. Thank you, Father, that you bring the clarity mm-hmm. and that you are constantly having all the answers that we can come and go to you, Father. I just pray as we go into the new year that we will continue to seek you, we continue to learn and just have our eyes open to all the amazing revelations of your mm. word. Yeah. In Jesus' name, yeah. amen. 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 Well, thank you very much, Seema. That was brilliant. My pleasure. And, um, yeah, thank you to everyone that was um, listening and watching along. Um, we really appreciate you. And make sure that you stay tuned for the next episode, which will come out soon. Make sure to like and subscribe for uh, more content. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> See ya.